everyone. This monologue aims to explore the context of William Shakespeare's iconic tragedy Macbeth in order for you to gain a clearer grasp on why Shakespeare crafted the plot, its setting and the inclusion of such complex characters in a particular way. As in order for you to meet the assessment objectives in this part of the exam, you must be able to comment on the relationship between the play and the context in which it was written. So let's start by taking a brief look at the real life Macbeth who had lived some 600 years before the play was written and was considered a stark contrast to the tragic hero crafted by Shakespeare, as historians described him as a fair and loyal king. Attributes we see Shakespeare's protagonist quickly disconnected from, as he becomes driven by power and greed, following a visit from the three mysterious witches who predict his future and become central figures in his very public demise. As a writer synonymous for catering to the curiosity of his audiences, we must acknowledge that with Macbeth, Shakespeare was aiming to gain recognition from the new king, James I, son of Mary, Queen of Scots, who eventually came to the English throne following the death of Shakespeare's once loyal patron, Queen Elizabeth I, a monarch who had publicly supported his work. It is with Elizabeth in mind that we can consider why Shakespeare may have chosen to create such a strong-willed female character like Lady Macbeth. However, Following Elizabeth's death and Scotsman James's unlikely rise to the throne in 1603, Shakespeare had to work hard to ensure he continued to gain critical acceptance from those in a position of power. Like many members of Jacobean society, King James was openly enthralled with the idea of witchcraft and the supernatural. So through the inclusion of characters such as the witches, restless spirits like Banquo, and the deliberate inclusion of strong warnings for potential threats to regicide, Shakespeare ensured that he was crafting a plot that would appeal to the social influences of his ruler, and therefore gain his work the recognition it had become renowned for. In yet another attempt to flatter the monarch, who was originally King James VI of Scotland, Shakespeare continued to use real-life influences to help craft his characters, like Banquo, whom in real life was believed to be an ancestor of King James and was also linked to the murder of the real King Duncan. By altering this detail in the plot and making Macbeth the murderer, Shakespeare aimed to please the king by presenting Banquo as a good man who remained loyal to his ruler and kind to his friends until his untimely death. There were several attempts to end the life of King James, who was a figurehead surrounded by scandal, the most famous of these being the gunpowder plot, of which there are numerous nods to throughout the play Macbeth. The most iconic of which relates to a medallion that was created to honour the discovery and subsequent failing of the gunpowder plot. The medal in question featured an image of a snake amongst flowers such as roses and lilies. Hopefully you'll be able to recognise that this image is echoed in the words of a power-hungry Lady Macbeth, who instructs her husband, whom she considers to be weak, to look like the innocent flower but be the serpent underneath. Whilst within the plot of Macbeth, this quotation links to their plans to deceive King Duncan, in terms of the context in which it was written, this is an image that would have been well known to Shakespeare's audience, and so here he aimed to send a message that any attempts to usurp the king and succeed without him would simply not work. Shakespeare was cleverly using significant events within its recent history to feed into his play, which was set almost 500 years before in 11th century Scotland. During the time of Shakespeare's writing, religion was central to society and people believed that it was ultimately God's decision who would be placed in positions of power. 
This initial decision would then naturally lead by heirs to the throne, of which we know the character of Macbeth had none. You should hopefully be able to recognise that due to these strong beliefs, Shakespeare's audience would be shocked by the actions of the play's protagonist as he worked consistently to disrupt natural order and by doing so defied what was known as the great chain of being, a hierarchy people believe was derived by God. It was understood that any attempts to disrupt natural order would end in chaos. This is a chaos that is evident throughout this play whether it be through public outcries, shocking betrayals, or the decline of one's own state of mind. A key moment that reflects this strong belief in God and natural order takes us to Act 2, Scene 2 of the play, when following the murder of Duncan, Macbeth is so overcome by guilt that he cannot utter the word Amen, even when he is in most need of blessing, showing us that at this point Macbeth is more than aware of his wrongdoings and the fact he had committed a moral sin. Hopefully this exploration into the social and historical context of one of Shakespeare's most famous plays will have supported your study of his work. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.